Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Lit Service Podcast, where we are going to read a chapter from Caitlin's upcoming book, She Who Rides the Storm, in full uh, radio drama audio cast recording style. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> well, there won't be any sound effects unless like, everybody gets really ambitious oh, no. and excited. I-, I would be okay with sound effects if you if you feel moved. <laughs> um, I will provide some in the background. <laughs> I just what does wonder, an Arosh sound like, Caitlin? An Arosh? Oh, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of benefit to just being able to write out what they sound like and not to actually have a concrete. Yeah. I did want to say this book is coming out on September 21st. If you happen to be in the Utah area and want it a day early, I am doing a launch event at the Currents Library on the 20th at 7 p.m. And you can come and get your book signed, provided that COVID does not floor us all before then. Uh, it is a masks required event. So <laughs> I hope to see some of you there. So let's, with with no further ado, get started. Just a heads up, this part that we're reading is not the first chapter of the book. We are joining a character, Leah, who has recently run away from this devoted or uh, order of warriors who are not super excited that she has left them. And um, realized the last time she saw this other character, Mateo, that he is also supposed to be part of the order, but for some reason, Devoted cannot see his magic when they can see hers. And she really would like to know how he is hiding it so that she can also hide and not get hunted down. Neither of these characters like each other very much, uh, most of all because Mateo's father has just sort of blackmailed Leah into being engaged to him, and neither of them are really excited about this development. The title of this chapter is Most Like an Aroche. Leah was more than cross by the time she and Arya arrived at Mateo's gate. Arya's little voice, an unending stream of ridiculousness. She scowled at the Montana's... Montana's home? <laughs> <laughs> who, Do you not know how to pronounce your own character? Plural, plural, plural or hard. Who chose to live on the edge of a sea cliff? Nothing but wind, sea spray, and a death. Oh, who chose to live on the edge of a sea cliff? Nothing but wind, sea spray, and a deathly drop? In an attack, the only place you could go would be over the cliff and into the angry waves below. I just think you need to consider it, Leah. Arya was still talking as she directed her horse into the courtyard, wind coming off the sea, making a riot of her red curls. If you're going to get married, a duel is necessary, just to make sure he isn't a sissy. And if daddy won't do it, it has to be me. Maybe normal people didn't think about attacks. The wind smelled like salt, picking at Leah's scarf as she followed her sister through the gate on Mateo's little mare. Her head ducked as if she were a servant. Arya impatiently adjusted the large hat and scarf Leah had insisted she wear, because Ewan was going to... If Ewan was going to remember anyone, it was the little girl who'd managed to bloody him. I don't see why any of this is happening anyway. You just got home. Surely you don't need to get married right now. If anyone duels Mateo, it will be me. A stinging bead of sweat slid down Leah's temple, and she glared up at the morning sun. How could it be windy and hot at the same time? She swung her leg over Bella's saddle and slid to the ground, then headed over to the hostler who had come out to greet them. I've taken care of her. She said quietly to him. But please be sure to check her over for me. The hustler gave her a curt nod and took the horse's lead. Leah gave the mare a fond pat before the man led her away. Mateo's mare was the most placid little thing Leah had ever ridden. It made her miss Vivi and his penchant for attempting to bite passers-by, even though she, he knew he knew she would never stand for it. <laughs> One of the many games he liked to play. Maybe there was a way to extract Vivi from the governor's stables. Leah sighed, letting her roche sit at the back of her mind as she looked up at Arya. 
Father's only going to be busy at the governor's compound for a few hours. Until the governor is done blaming him for whatever happened at this party last night, I guess. We have to do this quick, so keep your mouth shut and don't embarrass me. Jeez. <laughs> I can make it lighter. That's what I would do to my sister. Okay, we have to do this quick, so keep your mouth shut and don't embarrass me. <laughs> the hostile, well, I mean, Leah's not. It's She's hard. an angry the person. Hostile, She's traumatized. She kind of an angry person. The hostler waiting to take Arya's horse looked down, uncomfortable, like the rest of us. <laughs> Embarrass you? Arya slid off her horse, then took off her hat and scarf with a smirk. Didn't cross my mind even once. Right. You're officially restricted to this courtyard. Do not move. I'll be back in a minute. Just as Arya's lip began to protrude in a pout, the manor's front door creaked open and Tual Montan... Montania... I don't actually know how to pronounce my own character's <laughs> last name. <laughs> Tual... I thought he was Montagna. Himself came out onto the steps. Leah, you're so kind to come check on my son. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Leah swallowed, ignoring Arya's goggling eyes, looking up at her. Checking on Mateo had not been her purpose at all. They had things to discuss, namely how he was hiding his aura from the sky cursed warlord and an entire rank and the entire rank and file of devotion devoted <laughs> but saying so out loud seemed rude so she met tool on the stairs how is he doing <laughs> much better thank you sorry that's my man voice <clears throat> that's good won't you come in his eyes moved to Arya, and he put a hand to his forehead oh dear i'm being unpardonably rude i don't know how i could have missed seeing you there miss Arya. your hair stands out like rubies set in gold Arya wrinkled her nose too much to all smiled i appreciate a girl who can't be flattered into good humor come inside let's see if apricot biscuits and cream will do the job inside Tuol left in my monologue. Inside, Tuol left them in the sitting room where Mateo had lain like a corpse the day before. Arya settled on the blue paisley couch next to Leah, her feet kicking at the expensive bailed-in carpet as she took everything in. They may have let you inside, Arya. Leah growled out of the corner of her mouth. But you aren't allowed to say a word. How else am I going to find out if you've kissed Mateo yet? Ugh, gross. Leah shuddered. So you have? No! Skip the cue. Like I can trust you to tell the truth. Leah opened her mouth to ask why Arya was so interested in kissing, but Tuol came in before she could, a tray with apricot biscuits and a bowl of cream in his hands. Mateo trailed in after him, dark circles under his eyes. His face seemed as if it had been shaved down an inch or two since the day before, his cheekbones sharp. His hair was perfectly combed, and his shirt and unbuttoned coat had more color in them than the whole sitting room and the whole sitting room furniture combined. Arya's eyes went wide. You're much floppier than I remember. Is Daddy really going to make Leah marry you? Leah bit her tongue, blood coppery in her mouth. Mateo moodily threw himself into the chair farthest from them, then crossed his ankles and let his head loll back. That's what I hear. Well, you don't have to be so snooty about it. Arya frowned. Believe me, I can be much snootier than this. Twal laughed, setting the tray on the low table in front of Arya. Now, Mateo, if you hadn't been with Leah yesterday... I know... Mateo took in a long breath and let it out with a huff, sat up, looked directly at Leah. Thank you very much for dragging my limp body back here, Leah Saystone. I owe you my life. May all our years together be littered with similarly embarrassing incidents. Leah rubbed a hand across her face, fingers meeting the cloth of her scarf. In all her years of being a devoted, no one had spoken to her with so much wounded pride and so little respect. She had to hold herself very, very still in order to keep from laughing. You're right, Leah. Arya took a biscuit and crammed half of it into her mouth, dribbling crumbs down her front as she tried to speak around it. Dueling him would be mean. You probably can't even <laughs> pick up a sword. 
That's my biscuit mouth there. <laughs> Mateo groaned, pulling himself up from the chair. I'm going to the dig. He pointed at Leah. That's really why you're here, right? You brought my horse back? I've been trapped here for almost a whole day. Yeah, I brought Bella. Leah sprang to her feet, wondering how to get Mateo on his own so she could bully him into telling her what she needed to know. She's a good little horse. Made me miss my mount. You're a Roche? Mateo squinted. It's <clears throat> not quite the same thing, is it? Leah blinked, suddenly feeling teary. They'd hardly let her ride Vivi once she'd begun studying with the Spiriters two years before. It was only because no other devoted had managed to bond with him that she'd been able to keep visiting him at all. She'd been allowed to brush and feed Vivi, take care of him, watch as devoted took him out and tried to tried the dominance ritual over and over again. Over and over. Not again. Over and over, attempting to get close enough to touch the base of his the base of his long, twisted horn, and only getting bucked off, chased out of the arena, and sometimes gored for their trouble. They were alike, she and Vivi. She shook her head, starting for the door. There must be something she could do to get Vivi back. Stay here for a second, Arya. And you. She pointed to Mateo. I'll lock you out. I need to show you- Where my horse is. At my own house? Mateo followed her, though. Pausing in the entryway, Leah waited while Mateo took his hat from its peg before opening the door to the courtyard and walking out onto the veranda. The hat had a dirt spot on the back from where his head had hit the ground the day before. I need your help. She said it as quietly as she could manage, looking over her shoulder to make sure Tuol was too far to hear. Not being able to sense people made everything two steps harder than it should have been. You fainted very conveniently yesterday when you were supposed to be telling me how you hide your aura. I don't know why you can't see my aura, but I'm not doing anything to hide it, so you could stop trying to browbeat me into telling you. Harlan! He waved to the hostler who came running from the stable, a gust of wind almost taking his hat before, it clamp- before he clamped a hand down on top of it. I really do have to go to the dig, so you and your sister can scamper off now. This too might mean the difference between a lot of people living and dying, so... He trailed off, turning to look over his shoulder at the gate. We need Mateo's horse. Leah instructed the hostler and waved him off before he could speak, then whirled to face Mateo. I can't see your aura because I'm diminished. There will be at least six other devoted with the warlord when she comes, but that doesn't seem to matter to you or your father. They can't see you. How? Mateo's back suddenly went very, very straight. Leah, get lost. Would you? Excuse me? She took a step toward him and he stumbled back, his spine hitting one of the veranda supports. Your father said he'd cause trouble for me and my family. Seems like I could hurt you just as easily if I wanted. The warlord already knows everything she needs to about me, but thanks for asking. And she's going to know about you, too, if you don't get out of here. Is that a threat? Mateo pointed toward the road, and suddenly Leah heard the distinct scratch of a roche hooves on dirt. She turned, and there they were on the road, three roosters headed for the gate. She grabbed Mateo's ridiculous coat. Did you? I didn't do anything, come on. Darted into the stable and Leo followed, her mind flicking through calculations of where they'd go, how she could get out, but Arya was inside. She couldn't leave Arya, no matter how bratty she was. Yay! And that's it! (laughs) And there you have it, folks. Four (laughs) Emmy Award winning voice actors. I don't know if Emmys are even the right category, but... (laughs) 